The statistics are grim. One in five working moms say they've been passed over for an important assignment or for a promotion because they have children. And women who take even one year off to have kids come back to earn 40% less than their peers. Working moms outpace, outperform, and outwork their peers. So why don't companies make an effort to support working moms? And how can working moms advocate for themselves in the workplace and in their careers? Frankly, we're tired of asking for a seat at the table. It's time to make our own table, and we're going to talk about how. I'm Zabine Mirza, and this is Moms at Work. Here we go, episode two of Moms at Work, the official podcast, of course, of jobs.mom. That's M O M, jobs.mom, a digital job board and knowledge hub full of resources, articles, support network, and services for working mothers all over the world. I'm your host, Zabine Mirza, and this is Moms at Work. Today, we are talking about something I think working mothers everywhere can relate to, and that is what we call imposter syndrome. I feel like a fake. I'm faking it at work. I'm faking it at home. I'm faking it to everybody that knows me, and I'm faking it to myself. Am I as good as I think I am? Am I doing half of what people think I'm doing or what I should be doing? Um, And this is obviously not a unique scenario or situation to myself. Um, This is something that many of us feel, and we're going to talk about it today, what it is, why we feel it, and how we can get rid of it. I have today an amazing, amazing guest with us. She is a dear friend. Um, She's extremely humble, so she will never speak about herself, so I'm going to speak about her for her. She is um, a brilliant designer, stylist, interior designer, an incredible creative. Um, She graduated from FIT here in New York City. She owns her own interior design firm, and that firm is Interior Styling Inc., so you can check that out at interiorstylinginc.com. She's an interior designer to celebrities. Um, She's got an impressive portfolio, um, 50 Cent, Rachel Ray. She's worked on Million Dollar Listing. She's worked with uh, A-list celebrities. Um, She has picked out carpet for past presidents. Um, She's currently working with Dr. Brad Schaefer from TLC's My Feet Are Killing Me. Um, Completely gross and disgusting, not her designs, but the show, of course. Um, And um, she is killing it and crushing it. She's got a child, um, a family, a house. She's got two dogs. She's got a business and she's on with us here today. Um, I have Christy Farrelly. Christy, thank you so much for being with me on Moms at Work today. Well, first of all, thank you for having me and thank you for wanting to do this with me. I'm I'm flattered and I just, um, I can't wait to get going. So um, I have always loved design. Uh, mostly interiors, and I remember being really super young and not remembering my mother's friends until she would describe their home or something related to uh, wherever we met. So I'm a very visual person, right? And um, so that is is kind of how I, I I just knew I knew from a young age that I wanted to create things and invent things and um, 
And so I'd say that it started from there. Yeah. And, and I mean, it wasn't until I met you that I realized, you know, even creativity manifests itself in different ways. So you could be a really brilliant graphic designer or a brilliant writer, but you are not necessarily a brilliant inventor um, or you're not a brilliant um, interior designer. So creativity manifests itself in different ways. And there is a stereotype about creative people, Chris, right? They're all over the place. But talk, talk a little bit about that stereotype. So I, I think most creatives are somewhat quirky or eccentric, right? Um, yeah. and, uh, and I used to think that way about everyone else. And suddenly I'm realizing that that is me, <laughs> that people think that way about me. <laughs> so um, I, I think that there's no negative to that. Everyone is just uh, design is subjective and the way we feel about things, it's just all uh, very, very subjective. And I think that the more unique a person's character, the more fun it is to deal with them. So. Yeah. And let's and let's talk about that, because that is important, because one of the things that we always talk about whenever we see each other is, oh, man, I am a complete disaster. My life is in shambles. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm barely getting from one place to another between school and the kid and and work and my husband and the dogs and God knows whatever else. Um, We we almost always feel like we have to be apologetic about the way we look or the quirks in our personality. And, you know, one of the things that that strikes me the most about you is how authentic you are. And you had you had said something hilarious the last time we spoke. You know, I, I imagine you with whenever you whenever I see you, you kind of blow in like a hurricane with the messy bun and, and the the oversized glasses and the leopard print coat. And then what did you what did you say, Chris? That I'm a little like Kramer. <laughs> like a yeah. Just, just a little bit, you know, it's usually the way I enter a room. It's like it's, everything is everywhere and then I have to take time to get it all together. So. Right. And, yeah. and you know what, though? And, and it's funny because, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, first of all, I think we're all a little bit like Kramer and I'm <laughs> extremely, you know, equal parts suspicious and, and <laughs> impressed when I see another mom that's not. Um, but you are in an extremely cutthroat business, interior design, right? And you are in an extremely cutthroat market, the most cutthroat city, I think, on the planet, New York City, the real estate market, the design market, the interior design market. Um, it's extremely cutthroat. And I want to know from you, from you know the moms that are listening, the women that are listening, how do you compete professionally in this kind of market where your clients are celebrities, um, high net worth individuals, extremely demanding, they expect you to be there at the drop of a hat, but you've got a family and you've got kids. How are you still successful and managing all of that? Um, that is an amazing question. I, I, I literally um, every day strive to just be in the moment, enjoy what I'm doing, uh, I have a true love and passion for it, and I think that that's what keeps me going in the business. I think that that comes through in the work that I do with all of my clients, and a lot of the referrals are from clients who understand who I am, which is 
sort of an empath, a little bit of a sensitive person, and then here I am in this crazy cutthroat world and, and business. I guess I must be doing something semi right because I am still doing it and I still, as much as I say, you know what, I'm just not going to do this anymore. I just have to come up with something else. I've got to branch off and, um, and even though I have branched off and gotten into staging and styling and, and floral design because it's all sort of part of the interior design. Um, I always end up back here, you know, it's word of mouth or, or, um, whatever it might be, but I'm not sure if I answered your question. You did, but, well, well, but and, and you did. And you said, you know, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Right. And I think I have an idea, Chris, it's so many of us, especially working mothers, when we're working with clients, with teams, with bosses, with managers, we try really hard to become something that we're not, that we think that they want us to be, to be perfect, to be polished, to be put together, to pretend that we don't have kids or families or obligations, to pretend that this is all that we have going on. And honestly, a lot of that is a product of the market that we live and work in. New York City is like that, right? And, and because it's like that, it breeds incredible work ethic, but it also sucks the life out of you and really does destroys a lot of personal relationships because that's the demanding nature of the market. But I think what you've done right, and you may not give yourself the credit for it, but I will, is that you've just accepted that this is who you are unapologetically, right? This is what I look like. I am quirky. I'm a little bit crazy. I am a creative. You know, I may show up with my leopard print coat and two colored socks and, and whatever else and my, you know, five bags of Tupperware that I'm not even <laughs> sure why I'm carrying around, which is true story has happened, so right? True. But you have not attempted to be anything except who you are. And you know what? That is a breath of fresh air. Your clients know that. They love that and they respect that. And I think we all have a lot to learn um, from you just in that regard about authenticity, right? They're going to see, Chris, you know, the cookie cutter, you know, person all the time. They're going to see exactly, you know, what they expect to see. What they're not going to see is somebody that's completely out of the ordinary and out of the norm. And you're the one that's going to make the impression. And somebody once taught me very early on is you teach your clients how to treat you, right? You teach them who you are and what you will accept and how you work. And they have to either get in line, which they will nine out of 10 times because you are the expert, right? You are the expert. So if they want your expertise, Christy Farrelly, designer to 50 cent, right? If they want your expertise, they need to get in line with you. So I think the big lesson that I have learned from you is, is a reminder to, you know, it's okay that your balayage is seven months outgrown, even though you've been lying to me that it, it looks fine. It's okay. Because we are real people that that live real lives, right? And that does not diminish. And, and I appreciate that about you so much, Christy, really. Now, one thing that I was thinking about when you were talking is you said, you know, you have this incredible business. You started this company almost a decade ago. Talk to me a little bit about your entrepreneur's journey. How did you decide one day, I'm just going to go into business by myself and how has that looked in a family setting for you? 
So working for other designers is probably the most challenging part of being in a creative field, interior design in particularly, because you're really dealing with someone's personal space. Um, I, I, I want to follow the rules, and I always have wanted to, but I find it really hard to do that when it comes to my work. So I thought, you know, let me learn from all of these amazing people that I've worked with and, and just try to absorb, um, you know, a lot of different things about the business and then incorporate it into something that I can do. And, um, you know, 2008, 2009, we, the, the industry changed a lot. Um, and we, you know, I just decided that it's time to freelance. It's time to just really try to take on a different approach and not be so dependent on other companies. And, you know, maybe I can do this for myself. And so that's sort of when it started. And I established uh, my, my company in 2009. And, um, you know, the, the economy, things were a little bit crazy then and, and a lot of uncertainty like there is now. But we always persevere. We get through it. We manage and we make it work. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's sort of how it started. And then I've just incorporated all my personal aesthetic of using old things with new things and kind of loving, uh, modern and transitional and, and contemporary and tr traditional elements and incorporated them into my, my design. And that's how I, I started the business and, and 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 your and, and your work is incredible. I mean, that's why people keep, you know, referring, you know, their friends, their family, their their colleagues. Your work is incredible, and it it really it really shows your passion for what you do. But going back to the fact that it's a cutthroat business and a cutthroat industry, right? Entrepreneurship is 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 hard. You are working 24 hours a day. You are, you know, not sleeping, not eating. You are many times neglecting your family. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you've been able to balance, you know, raising your son, um, having a healthy relationship at home and having a successful business. So I don't have any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem here. <laughs> so I am constantly apologizing. I mean, I just, I apologize to my husband. I apologize to my five-year-old. I apologize to my mother. I apologize to the people I work with. I, I, I do my best. It's all I can do. But I do feel that it's never 100, I'm never 100% in any aspect of my life. And I, I, I think that, you know, that's something that I'm, I'm really working on. I know that perfection doesn't exist and, you know, life is all about balancing life work. Um, but I, I've accepted that um, being off balance and, and not, and being okay with it is the way that I, I guess have made life a little bit easier for myself. I read a book and it was, um, it's called off balance on purpose. 
And it made me feel so much better because I think we all strive to find this balance. But there's, it doesn't really exist, just like perfection doesn't exist. So it has allowed me to really accept myself even more. All the quirkiness, all of the, you know, marrying an older man who had, who was divorced and has two children who are, you know, 22 and 24 and, and then having our, we're a very modern family, you know, and, and just um, having my mom with me all the time. And my mom is wonderful, but she's like having another child and my husband's like having another child. So although I only gave birth to one, I really, really have a lot of children. So right. that on top of working in a business that it just, it, there's just so much attention to the, to detail and, and it's just a constant, you know, it's just, I'm just always going trying to figure it out. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I still love it. I still love it. And I think that if you love something and if you have a passion for it, you just, you just keep going, just keep going, you know, yeah. try your best, do your best to, to, to uh, be in the moment and enjoy it and make it fun. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And here I am saying this, and then here you are. <laughs> like, what are the answers, Christy? What are the answers? Well, well, you know, I have three children, but it's. I, I think everybody that's listening to you can appreciate your honesty. We all feel like we are doing nothing well, right? And that's absolutely not true for all of us that are listening here and, and, and that 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 are thinking about this you know it's that imposter syndrome right I'm not a good mother I'm not a good you know designer I am not you know succeeding professionally I am not succeeding as a wife I'm doing horribly as a daughter right and I think one of the things that you mentioned is that you really need to Trust the process, but also just accept that there are things that you just can't control and there is no such thing as perfect. And as women and as mothers, especially, we are always looking for perfection in everything. And we have impossibly high standards for ourselves, but really low standards for everybody else. And that's a big part of why we end up, like you said, mothering more than our biological children because we then take everybody under our wing and we start caring for everybody at the expense of our own mental and physical health, right? Okay. And and it's it's Absolutely. our fault. It's our fault. We need to do, you know, we feel guilty for going to get our hair done or taking half an hour to get our nails done for a manicure. And men do not have this problem. They do no. not have this problem. No. And, you know, it's not that they take advantage of it. It's that if you don't carve out space and time for yourself, you're teaching people around you that you don't need it. And that's not true. That's not true. And what you said was so profound that you've just accepted that this is the way it is. And you're doing the best to manage the chaos. There is no perfection, Chris. And to everybody that's listening, you are doing fine. You are doing fine, right? You are not an imposter. We are all just literally 
trying to survive in this pandemic. And it's not just the pandemic. I've been trying to survive even <laughs> before the pandemic. I know. I want to blame it on that. Right. So bad, no. But it's yeah. just not. <laughs> right. There was this, there was this, there was this funny meme that I, that I saw like a few months ago and it was something like, you know, all those times that I said, you know, I could organize the house and clean out the closet if I just had some time. <laughs> this pandemic has proven that that was a blatant lie. Right. So, so but that's that's a separate episode, right? That's, that's right. A separate, that's my hoarding is a separate episode. So, okay, let's. So we talked about imposter syndrome. We talked about being authentic to yourself. We talked about setting boundaries. What do you do, Chris, when a client, you know, when a celebrity A lister, right, that that you have many of, calls you and says, Christy, I know it's. 10 o'clock at night on a Wednesday, but I need you to drive the 40 minutes into the city right now for an emergency. You've got a child, you've got a mother, you've got a husband, you've got a family, you've got a business and bills to pay. What do you do? How do you, how do you do this? What do you manage? How do you manage this? You know, I, I think that my husband has actually, uh, everyone has started to accept the craziness of the business and, and that I'm in. And so if I came to one of them and said, look, it's 10 PM and I've got to go and I've got it. I think they would, at this point, they would say, okay, you know, do, do what you have to do. We're here. We're going to support you. Like it's gotten to that point because they realize that I'm not faking it. I'm not lying. They see the emails. They, they hear <laughs> the phone calls you know, so there is no lying. I mean, there. Right. You're not leaving the house at 9 p.m. to get KFC. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. You know, it, it's just it, it really is um, something that my family has come to to accept. And um, and it's it's been helpful. It's taken the stress off of me having to work until 3 a.m. or um, take on um just clients who are are not the most pleasant to work with at times, you know, sure. very demanding. And, and I think that's that goes back to, you know, we talk about accepting help, right? We are very privileged that we have partners, we have family, but not everybody, not everybody has that, right? Not everybody can you know, leave their kids with somebody that they live with or even somebody that they don't live with. Um, so we, we do have that privilege. Um, but I think it's important that we remind everyone listening that it's okay to accept help. It's important to accept help. And, you know, this cliche that it takes a village, it's really true. It really is true. It takes a village not just to raise a child, but to, as an individual, live and thrive. We are not solitary creatures. Humans are meant to live together in packs, which is why so many of us are struggling in, in the quarantine and the isolation of the pandemic. This is not how we're supposed to be. It really takes a community. And in the absence of that community, what we have to do is, is set boundaries uh, with our clients and manage expectations to say, I can't drive into the city right now. It's 10 o'clock at night in the middle of the week. But what I can do is this. 
I can get on a Zoom call. I can have a call with you in about 40 minutes. I can do A, B, and C. So I think another thing that, that that's not just for women, but in general, if you want to succeed professionally, and this is something that that I teach a lot when we when I teach sales and business development, is don't talk about what you can't do, but talk about what you can, mm-hmm. right? So sure. maybe I can't do that, but... I have a solution. So yes. a lot of times people will will just say, oh, this is a roadblock and this is negative or they'll complain and complain or complain. And I always tell my teams, you know, when they come to me, I said, if you're coming to me, right, and you have a problem, but you haven't also come to me with the solution, that means you're just coming to me to complain. And it can't be that big of a problem and it can't be that important to you. And you're just here to waste my time. So Think about a solution to the problem that you're facing. And the way this translates to what you're saying, Christy, is to tell your client, to tell Mr. 50 Cent when he calls you, mm-hmm. um, Mr. 50 Cent, I cannot come to your amazing penthouse right now um, because I live in the real world where I have a family <laughs> that expects me to cook dinner and, and you know throw out the trash, but this is what I can do for you. And we have to be better at advocating for ourselves, Chris, because nobody else is going to do it for us. That's right. And, and really, it, it goes back to you know just being honest with yourself and then being honest with everyone else around you, including celebrities, because at the end of the day, they're human beings like us and they go through these things too, or maybe they have, or maybe they will in the future and they'll, they don't get it now, but they'll understand later on. But I, I, I think that the more honest I am, the more, um, I, I find that wit and humor always help in any situation and who doesn't want to laugh, you know? So, right. so I just try to not only laugh at myself, but laugh at, at how crazy uh, of the scenario I'm thinking of to, to, you know, I don't want to come up with a lie. I don't want to think about it later on. I don't want to have to, it's just better to just be very honest in the moment, regardless of of what they may think. It's just, it's all, it's all I can do. And it's just how I live my life, really. Um, I I think that's important. And because, I think a lot of the fear that we feel to to tell the truth or to set boundaries is really just self-imposed. We are telling ourselves that, oh, they're never going to accept that or I'm going to lose this client. I'm going to lose this business. They're going to look down at me. Um, But that's just us saying that to ourselves. That's not really true. If you told your client, I'm sorry, I can't. Right. I have a family. I have kids. I, I, I can't do this. I mean, during even at like eight o'clock at night, you're available, but at certain times you're just not right. Um, and it goes back to setting boundaries at work, but also, um, at home and, and, and with everyone in your life. Now, one of the things that I want to talk about, and this isn't just for working mothers, but this is for women, um, is our professional struggles, right. Um, to, to get ahead, to excel, to achieve, we have to fight really hard for everything because the, the deck is the, the cards are stacked against us, Chris. Right. They're, they're right. stacked against us. We have to prove ourselves more than our male counterparts. Right. We are often discredited more. And honestly, you know, it's unfortunate. We talk about being honest, but when you go 
somewhere and they find out that you're a mother and you have kids in their mind, they immediately think that you're not going to be available for them. Mm -hmm. Right. They're not going to be available. And this is really messed up, but this is a fact of life. And, you know, we, we talked about statistics in the, in the first episode, but you know, an appalling amount of women are, I think it was like 23% of women said that they were treated at work. Like they weren't committed to their jobs just because they had kids. Right. And something like one in five women um, said that they were passed over for a big assignment or a job or a promotion because they had children. Right. Right. And that's not, you know, that that's not for us to talk about, oh, woe is me. And, and this is really horrible and sad. What we want to know is, Chris, over the course of your career, you know, what have you done and what advice can you give to women um, that that may or may not be mothers or may or may not be planning to be mothers, but just women in this field to get ahead, to prove their worth, what advice can you give them? Keep going. Keep going if you love it. If, if you're genuinely committed to the work that you're doing, it will eventually pan out. Things will come to fruition. You will become successful. I, I think that uh, some of the struggles when it's when it has come to, um, so so I'll just go back to this because I'm getting a lot of thoughts coming through my head. But what I will say is that I did wait quite a while um, to have a child, to get married and have a child, and I think that that's why my business has gotten to the level that it that it is now um i was single and i was able to um be at everyone's beck and calls sort of um and now that i'm married and have a child it is different um very different but it also um you have to prioritize and you've got to have a schedule and and all of these things help to uh, manage your day and then manage your business and then manage how people treat you. And I'll go back to the, the being honest, you know, whether it's a, a developer, you know, a, a strong male figure developer or, or um, real estate agent who I'm working with, who I know, you know, may or may not understand my situation or may think, oh, we're pro let's not give her the job because she's, you know, married, has a child, her priorities are different. I, I've become very friendly with the ones who have been the most intimidating because I have had moments where I had to say, listen, Joe, um, listen, John, I think that you guys are amazing and I really want to work with you. Uh, but my reality is that I, I have a family just like you, you know, just like your wife, just like your sister, just like your, and, and I find that when I've done that, you know, they're, they t take a step back and they're sort of like, whoa, you know, and it, it you just have to say what you need to say. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how to say that, no. but I, I have, sense. you know, it's just what I've done. And I, I think that uh, just, just be open, be honest. Don't let anyone intimidate you. Don't, it, regardless of who they are, how successful they are, whatever they're, 
celebrity statuses, their TV personality statuses. Their, it's just if if they love what you do, if you're producing something that is, um, you know, worthy of getting the project and whatnot, then it, it will happen. It will happen. And if it's not in that very moment, it, it will be soon. Or yeah. it will be with someone who will appreciate you, who will then refer you to tons of other people and you'll still succeed. So one of the things I think that is the most profound thing from what you said was that we need to show up to keep going, right? With you know, our bags of Tupperware, like the crazy bag ladies and, and you know, our messy buns and, and, and our crazy outfit. We just need to keep going. You just need to keep show up, showing up, no matter how long it takes to get there, no matter you, you, you spill the coffee, you get the flat tire, do not give up, keep going, show up. And the more you keep showing up, people realize that, you know what, no matter what, she always is there. And I think that applies at home with your kids, uh, at home with your spouse, your partners, and it certainly applies at work. So, you know, we, we talked about being honest, being authentic, setting boundaries, managing expectations. But I think the showing up part is probably one of the hardest things to do because it's so easy to just get demotivated and say, you know what, screw it. I'm just... I'm going to go home. I'm just going to go home and I'm going to cancel this. It's not worth it. It's like when you try, it's like when you try to lose weight, like I am, like I'm trying to lose the baby weight, but I want to lose the weight without dieting and without going to the gym. And it hasn't happened. But, you know, the battle is just going to the gym. Once I'm there, I'm gold, right? So it's, it's showing up. So, so show up, everyone. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about, um, Chris, and it's my favorite thing about you is, it's my favorite thing about so everyone that's listening, right? Christy has a child, has a family, has dogs, has a career, has a business, has celebrity clients. And this woman still finds time throughout the day to invent things, like completely random things. So every time I see Christy, she's carrying something in like a Ziploc bag or like a Walmart shopping bag. And it's something that she's invented like randomly. Like, you know, people, when they get bored, they eat chips. When Christy gets bored, she invents incredible, useful, important things. So what I want to know, first of all, because I'm never going to understand how your brain works, but what I want to know is how do you get inspired? Because there are so many mothers, like mothers are inventors. I believe this because, you know, necessity is the mother of innovation. Every day we're thinking about, wouldn't it be great if we had this or if we could do this or if I had something, but you actually are able to invent things. You make prototypes. People, she shows up Every Sunday, our kids swim together and she shows up with a prototype of something completely random that she has invented that week. And every week, it's something different. So what I want to know, Chris, is to the moms that are listening, talk to them about how they can apply these ideas that they have and actually invent it, make it real. I'm always thinking of ways to improve something or to fix something, Uh I'd like to say that it started with my son um, and, and wanting to fix something for him or, or create something for him. But it's just it's been sort of just 
something I've done for forever. I will say, and I will give my mom props and some credit for this because she she's done the same thing. And it's a very, um, you know, I have sketches that I've come up with for her on things that that she is uh, has thought about. And um, you know, luckily I'm creative enough to to find products that I can put together and um, and sort of show you, for instance, you when we sit together and get your feedback and input, um, because once I show something, there's usually someone who can articulate um, how to describe it in, in words and, and, um, and however, um, and I, I think that you do that for me. When I show you something, um, you're able to just pull other things from it that I can't really see. So where that comes from, I, I don't know. Um, I, well, it I comes did. from the fact that you're a genius is what it is. It's, it's what, uh, I've, what I've decided. But you know what? I think for everybody that's listening, this is a big part of why jobs.mom um, was, was created. And um, again, jobs.mom is, is launching officially on March 1st, but you can follow us and subscribe for updates, the newsletter, and of course, listen to the podcast. But jobs.mom was created for, for working mothers for a number of reasons. First, we wanted to create a job board that specifically had opportunities for working moms from employers that understood the requirements, the scheduling needs, the unique lives that working mothers have to balance. But we also wanted to connect working mothers to resources. So if you had an idea of something you wanted to invent, right, where would you go? There was nowhere for you to go. Christy, I mean, you come to me at swim on every Sundays and we try and figure something out, right? But what if we can connect the Christy and Zabines of the world all over the world, right? And how do we bring these ideas to life for working mothers, whether they're looking for opportunities at at jobs, at employers, at, at offices, whether they're looking for freelance opportunities or contract opportunities, or whether they're looking for support in inventing things or creating things. And there has never been anything like that before. And that's why I'm so excited about jobs.mom, because I can talk about, you know, all the things that we're talking about today, Christy, and figure out ways that we can make this a reality for other women everywhere, because we all have ideas, right? We all know things that we can do and, and create and invent, but we don't maybe necessarily know how to bring it to life. And, and you know, um, I think that's one and, of the biggest values. And speaking, speak to someone who you're not afraid to share the idea with or who won't make fun of you. And, you know, and that's why I feel so comfortable when it comes to working with you, with Omar, you know, I just feel that um, it, it's just my safe place. Um, it, it, I think also for, for other moms, just in general, let go of any fear, any fear that you might have that someone may say, oh, my God, this idea is just ridiculous. I mean, it's absurd. You know, um, I, I have had some, you know, sometimes my husband will say that to me or, or my mom or someone just won't get it. They won't understand what it is. Um, and so, but I, I keep going. I, I don't care. I just will bring it to a person who I know will get it. Um, if it's worth the, the thought and the time, then it'll, it'll become something. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Then it's just one of my, 
you know, right. another crazy idea that I've had. But I, um, I think that just letting go of any anxieties that come along with wanting to to share anything. Absolutely. And I think it was I think it was Wayne Gretzky, right? He said you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take, right? And what we want to do at jobs.mom is let moms take those shots in a safe space, right? We've created a safe space um, for for the brilliant Christies of the world, right? Um, because it's certainly not me, but um, we, we've created this safe oh, space. <laughs> I will thank you. I love you for that. Um, well, Christy, Christy Farrelly, everyone, the owner, CEO, lead creative designer of Interior Styling Inc. You can visit her at interiorstylinginc.com. Um, she's also going to be launching a new website soon, isi.design. And Christy, what's your email if somebody wants to email you directly? Christy at interiorstylinginc.com. And it's Christy, C-R-I-S-T-Y. No Amazing. Issue. Amazing. Christy Farley, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you you for having me. My pleasure. It's been my pleasure. And for everyone that's been listening, if you loved loved hearing from Christy, tune in every week um, to new episodes of Moms at Work, the official podcast of Jobs.Mom. Stay safe, stay well, stay sane, and we'll see you next time. Follow us on social media. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out more episodes at jobs.mom slash moms at work.